With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it's the second part of our yearly NBA win total over unders podcast. I'm here with good friend of the program, Robbie Calland. How many years in a row have we done this? It's got to be like four now, four or five. Yeah, four or five, something like that. It's a, a delight every every fall. It's great. A delight every fall. We love it. We enjoy it. We hope that you enjoyed the Western Conference version where we were heavy on the unders. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change here because uh, I think that my big overarching thing about the league I'm realizing is I think that there are a lot of tightly bunched teams. Mm-hmm. I think that the bottom outside of like the way bottom. So like from 26 to like, you know, 20, they're all competing. They're all like mm-hmm. pretty good teams and they all have a chance to like steal games here and there from 20 to, you know, six or five or so. There are a bunch of great teams there that I think are going to be vying for playoff spots, vying for playing berths and, like probably in that 40 to 50 win range somewhere. And I think that what I'm recognizing is that I'm coming back toward the middle on Mm -hmm. most of these numbers. Like I'm coming toward like the, you know, 40 to 45 win number. It feels like a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, I think, and if you look at the standings last year, it's kind of how it shook out. Like you just had a bunch of teams in that just over 500 range um, I think there were six teams that won 50 games, which felt like a lot. Like when I look back, I was yeah. kind of surprised, but there was also nobody that won. There's the one 60 win team. You had the, yep. uh, the Suns, but there were a bunch of like low fifties teams. Um, and uh, I, I think it's just indicative of what the league is right now, which is pretty, com- like you said, competitive at all of the tiers. There's very, I think there's less separation um, between some of the tiers right now. Uh, but also at the same time, I think when we're, we're talking about over-unders, you eventually have to find the people who are going to lose these games. Because if you're going to be optimistic yeah. about a lot of these teams, uh, somebody's somebody's going to fall short of expectations. Uh, and I think there's just some losses cooked in right now because I think the natural implication indication or, or, uh, of fans is to feel optimistic about their team. So I think for win totals, you're usually going to have more unders than overs just because – Fans want to bet on their teams over um, just from yeah. a public perspective. And so uh, it's usually a good sign if you have a few more unders than overs on the card, but uh, we'll run through it. Let's get after it. Yeah. And wasn't there a point where like people did a study on player props and it was like, you could make money just by betting the under blindly system on like every player prop because yeah. of injuries at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just like, cause the thing is, is with win totals, there's so many, there's just enough that'll end up as like a crazy high variance that yeah. it knocks a bunch of others down. Like you just have somebody smokes their win total by eight and you knock three teams down by two. Yep. Um, yeah. And that can be enough to swing it, you know? And so just naturally that tends to be what happens. Yeah. Okay. Let's, jo- let's dive in. 
We're going Eastern Conference NBA win total over-unders. We're starting with a team that's near and dear to Robbie Callen's heart, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Robbie covered the Atlanta Hawks for a while. Mm-hmm. Grew up in the Atlanta area, right? That's a correct fair sentiment. Uh, correct. The Atlanta area. Uh, this over-under is 46 and a half. They acquired DeJounte Murray this offseason. They did. Lost uh, Kayvon to the Sacramento Kings. Who, by the way, we didn't talk about getting Kevin Herter with the Kings. Right. He's I mean, good. No, like, I love Kevin acquisition. Herter. Good one. Yeah. Just, it's a killer acquisition. Not a lot of defense. Um, he's not terrible at defense. He's he's, okay. he's fine on defense. He's a fine, but he's like a fine team defender, and that's the problem yeah. in Sacramento is there's not going to be a lot of team defense. Anyway, it's a lot of Sacramento talk at the top of the Hawks section. Um, Hawks are 46 and a half. Feels right. I think I lean under. Like we talk about forty-five wins. You saw what happened in this NFL game. No, what happened? I don't have it up. Oh my goodness! The Chargers got down to the three. Oh, sweet. and no, not my Chargers. Uh, not my Chargers. Yeah, Justin Herbert just threw a oh. interception touchdown. Oh, not my Chargers. Ninety. That's very Chargers, Chargers though. That's extremely that Chargers. That's that is Phil tough. Rivers somewhere felt a disturbance in the force. Uh, <laughs> that's some Phil Rivers stuff right there. Nine nine yard. Pass. Okay. Oh that's my it. god. Okay. Let's uh, let's go to the uh, Atlanta Hawks though. As you said, number feels pretty close to me. I guess that's I, right. I I wouldn't bet this number at all. No. And by the way, again, I'm not allowed to bet for people who don't know, but uh, we do this because it's fun. It is. The Hawks won 43 games last year. It's worth they noting. Did. They uh, yeah. were really bad on defense, really good on offense. I'll be honest. Do you have any worries about like the DeJounte Trey Young pairing? Like this sure. has gone like under the radar that the Hawks traded like a billion first round picks for DeJounte Murray, who is two years yeah. left on his contract and yeah. like might not be an ideal fit with Trey Young on offense. Um, yeah. So I wrote about this when they got traded. And the thing I wrote about was their success is dependent on how much Trey Young gives here. The problem is Trey Young has never shown a propensity to want to do that. Now, I think it helps that DeJounte Murray is a guy that he clearly wanted. They're clutch guys. They know each other. Um, yeah. I think there's a better chance that Trey seeds some of that offensive control. But I think both of them were in the top five of pick and roll usage last year as a pick and roll ball handler. And um, here, here's the issue with that. You, you, you can't both be in that on the same team. Um, like most of what DeJounte's production was, was as a pick and roll ball handler. Well, guess what? Trey Young's a little better than him at that. So like, how do you find right. the balance? But the problem is if Trey Young's running a, a set as a pick and roll ball handler, DeJounte is spotting up. He's a 32, 33% three point shooter. He's not a threat. He's condensing. If you're, if that's how you run the offense, you got worse offensively by trading Kevin Herter for DeJounte yeah. Murray. Like, they, they didn't trade them specifically for each other, but that was part of the reason Herter is gone. You got worse offensively because DeJounte Murray is not the same threat. They're going to have to be creative. I think one of the reasons that I'm most concerned, creative offensively is not a thing you say much about Nate McMillan. That is not going to yeah. be the MO that you get. Um, he is a good coach. He is a, usually a good defensive coach. He gets teams to play hard, but not exactly 
you know, dialing up super creative offensive sets. They're going to have to get creative to maximize them because you also don't want Trey just being a spot-up guy because he's as dynamic as there is on the ball in the NBA. Well, and you still have this idea as well of, I still don't think John Collins and Clint Capella have quite like figured out that synergy of like being the role guy because they're both like rollers. That's what they're best. If you could have two basketballs and run two pick and rolls at the same time, the Hawks might be the best team in the NBA. That's unfortunately not how basketball works. I'm just, I'm, uh, but I'm just saying they that. have two great pick and roll tandems. <laughs> yeah, they do. Trey, they do. Clint, Dejounte, and John mix and match how you want. It'd be great. It'd be great if you could run two pick and rolls at the same time. Nobody would defend the Hawks. And by the way, you can do this like in staggered bench units. But the thing is that Trey is only going to play or only going to be off the court for what twelve minutes a game. So yeah, like he's got a bunch. So you it, know. it's it's really interesting. And like I get it. Like defensively, obviously it helped. You have a point of attack defender now. You did it. Yep. And I think you have three you have a good defender at all three levels now. So you have Clint Capel at the rim, you have DeJounte yep. Murray on the outside, and you have DeAndre Hunter, who I still think is a solid wing defender on the ball. So I yep. think you can kind of handle everything there. I, I totally understand the upgrade on the defensive end. DeJounte Murray, also a pretty good rebounder uh, for a guard, so he will help them in that respect where they didn't necessarily have that all the time. However, the offense thing is really like, can they still be an elite offense with this grouping? And that's a genuine question. Like, I'm with you. Like, if you have DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, or or, or Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins and Clint Capella all on the floor, that's going to be your closing lineup. Either either Bogdan or DeAndre, like that's spacing gets cramped with that group pretty quick, uh, especially if yeah. Trey's on the ball. And you just, I, I'm with you. Like there's there's questions, and it comes down to like how much can how much will Trey let Dejounte do the things that Dejounte's best at, and can they get anything out of Dejounte as an off ball player because he's going to have to learn how to do that. Like you just have to be better off the ball. If you're yeah. going to play with Trey Young, like you just ha- you have to be because you can't you can't balance ball handling duties 50-50 because then you're just giving up too much with Trey. Trey's too elite at that as a passer, as a shooter, as a scorer, as a finisher. He's too elite at that to say we're going to split this thing. No, you, you, yeah, like Trey is Trey is genuinely one of like the best offensive driving forces, like maybe in league history that are under 25 right like he's phenomenal i mean i don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration that's how good he's, trey young is he's an incredible offensive engine yeah. and yeah i don't know how Dejounte compliments that but like i i can see it they working, should be better defensively though but they're gonna yeah, be better defensively like, but it's like how much how much better do they get defensively how much worse do they get offensively especially in key moments yeah, it's tricky. I, I think they're probably right around this number. I think I might lean under just because I think there's some other weird variables there. Like they've been yeah. keep trying to trade John Collins. They just keep doing it. And I don't quite get why. I guess it's because you're just in on Capella. And like you said, that fits weird. But like John Collins is a really good basketball player. But they John might, Collins is good. They might like, trade him at some doing point. Here? Like he's really, really good. And he's not even on yeah. like a deal that cripples you. Like he didn't get a max deal. Because nobody yeah, John had Collins money. makes like twenty million 25. a year. Twenty five? Like 
John Collins, when the TV deal kicks in, is going to be an incredible bargain. bargain. Like, incredible bargain. So, like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, this is a weird... I, I don't I don't love... Like I, I loved the way that I love the way that they evaluate draft picks. I think they do a really good job there. I think that's why they built up the accumulation of talent that was so valuable. I, I also still really like Onyeka Kongwu. They're going to get yeah, no, he's good. Forty eight. They're going to get forty eight great minutes of interior defense. They're going to yeah. get pretty good wing defense now, and they're going to have a great point of attack defender. They could be a top ten defense if things like really broke right, but. I, I'm, I mean, here's I'm the thing, though. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if, that, I, if they are top 10 with Trey Young on defense, playing as much as Trey Young plays. Yeah, no, they're not going to be top 10. That would be. I thought they were better. Be I thought they were better in 2021 than they were. That would be spectacular. They, yeah, no, they no, weren't. They, like, they, they could be a top, top 15 top, defense. There you go. Yeah. If they're top half defense, I mean, that's, again, with Trey, that's really good. Like, Trey's just not a good defender. That's okay. Because he's, like you said, like you said, he's like an like all time offensive young engine. Like, yeah. That's fine. And that's why they did this move. However, you do have to understand that offensively, it's not going to be as pretty all the time. They okay. really, I think they really hope DeAndre Hunter like takes a, takes a leap. That's what they he could. That's what they have to yeah. bank on. Also, Bog- oh, Bogdan needs to stay healthy, and you can't really bank on that. I don't know if you can either. I lean under here just a little bit. I agree. I think it's 45-46. Yeah, but I think they make the playing tournament. And they're going to be kind of a weird team in the playing tournament because you just can trust Trey because Trey can just go off. It's the same thing we talked about with Portland. We're like, do you really want to see Dame in that? No. Okay. Yeah, no. You don't want to see Trey in the playing either. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, The Celtics, 56 and a half. This is a large number. That's huge, dude. They won 51 last year. It's an enormous number. It's just like you have to take the under, like principles. Yeah. They're a very good team. The Celtics are very Great good. Phenomenal. This is no disrespect to Boston, but they're that's a 70% of their games like winning number. And that is an enormous number, okay. I think. Maybe like they could do if it. Jason Tatum takes another leap to where he's like an MVP, like legit, like top two MVP candidate, and Jalen Brown becomes like an all NBA guy, and they get, you know, 70 Brogdon, games Brogdon's. by Robert Williams. Pre-injury Brogdon or something that we don't yeah. foresee happening. Uh, you get, you know, maybe maybe Grant Williams does an extension. Maybe he doesn't. You get crunch, contract Williams. There you go. You know, like, uh, there's there's opportunities for sixty win Celtics, but there's a lot more opportunities for fifty five and below. Yeah, just That's just because like it's hard for everything hard. to go right like that. Like really, it's really hard for that to happen. Um, yeah, this is an under for me. I put it on the board. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's on the board for me. It's close. I put it on the uh, board. Also, I think I know Matt Moore has the exact stat, but it's like something like two thirds of the time a team with like this high of a total goes under or something like that in the last ten years or whatever. Yeah. I believe that. So, uh, I definitely believe that. Do you know when the last time the Boston Celtics won fifty six games was? I assume KG era. It was, yeah. It was 2010? the 2010-9? 2011-9? season, okay. yep. Uh, they won 56 on the dot. Uh, then which, which would be under. <laughs> which would be under this. Um, yeah. It's just it's hard to win 57 games. Yeah. It's hard to win 2009, 
they won 62, 2008, they won 66, 2008 is the year they won the title. Um, 2009 is the year that, you know, they were obviously one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to win 57 games. It's just really you know, fucking hard to win really 57 hard to win games. That many games. Like, it's not, this yeah. is not like a Boston's going to be bad. Like, I, I, they rightfully are the favorites for the one seed, but like, that's just so many games. Yeah, it's a principles play, basically. Um, they are so deep, though. Like, they can withstand really a good. lot They're of really injury, good, dude. They're which is part good. of why, like, you might feel a little bit better about this than. Others? They're really good, but also like but, we're talking about how good the East is. Like we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like there are three teams with fifty, no four teams with fifty plus, and a forty nine and a half in the East. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of wins lot. out there it means there's a lot of losses out there. Okay, next up, the Brooklyn Nets, fifty one point <laughs> five. You think I'm touching this? Uh, I, I might be. I know which Un- direction I'd be leaning. I mean, lean under, but get this team away from me. There's just way too much that can go wrong for this team, I think. Yeah. Like, oh. look, I don't think you will find a bigger, like, Kevin Durant mark than me in NBA <laughs> media. Sure. Like, I adore Kevin Durant. I adore his game. Uh, I kind of love him just, like, being unabashedly himself. But like, in what world can you trust a team where the second and third best players are Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons? And like, I'm excited to watch this team. I've said like, I sneaky think that they can be good. Sure. Like, I think that this could be a team that like contends in the East. Which is but in like Kyrie Irving theoretically, if he doesn't get swallowed up by the Alex Jones conspiracies that he's tweeting or instagramming out apparently uh he is gonna play every game this year like or every game outside of toronto this year right like or be eligible to play every game i was about to say he'll play 60 games yeah i mean look kyrie irving over the last three years has played 20 54 and 29 games uh even early in his career he was someone that would miss like 20 to 30 games uh 51 59 71 75 53 in his yeah. first five years. Yeah. Uh, he, he just is someone that like tends to miss games here and yep. there. And they need him like pretty desperately on this roster. Yep. I am concerned. And this is before we even get to, we have no idea what Ben Simmons is going to look like. No idea. And by the way, I think this number is like on it. If this team is healthy, like I would say that this is a good number. If this team, if you could tell me Kevin Durant's going to play 70 games, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving's going to play 70 games. Ben Simmons is going to be exactly who Ben Simmons was before whatever happened to Ben Simmons happened. I would say that this number is right. Like 51 and a half, but you can't tell you, you you're not believing that that happens anywhere close to most of the time. I don't think so. So this is an under for me. This is just like a, this is a principles under, and this is on the board for me. Okay. I, I'm still just like, I'm scared off of it enough by like the talent, but like, I, I get where you're at. Like, I think the roster is better than where it's been. And I guess where I'm, where I'm at, like, I think they had a decent off season. Like, yeah. We obviously don't again. Like, there's so many, everybody's a question mark. Like, what what is TJ Warren? He hasn't played in two years. Like, what's yeah. 
Like, I don't, I don't. And by know the way, it. like, I just went on the podcast with Cole Huff and said, like, TJ Warren, 100 to 1 to win sixth man of the year. I dig it. I, yeah, like, I, I just, there's so many questions for me. I see enough possibility for this to go right, but, like, I don't know if they have the right, I don't know if they have the right staff to get this to go right. Like, they want to fire everybody. They want, like they're like I don't know how you come back from this, but if there's anybody who is, I guess, defiant enough to do so, I think it's KD. Scares me enough. I agree. Like it's it's an under because there's a lot of outcomes that are under this. Uh, I'm just scared of putting it on my board. Yeah, that's that's all. Like KD is enough I to scare that. me. Yeah, and like I think KD is one of the ten best players of all time, fifteen best players of all time. So like I get it, but very um, good at basketball. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe this isn't. It's very it's it's an option to put on the board is what I would say for me. Uh, there's just too much that can go wrong here. I think as I, much as I'm, I'm like, I am fascinated by this team. I think they have a lot of talent, and like Royce O'Neal is an interesting acquisition. T.J. Warren, you're going to get a full season of Joe Harris, hopefully, right? Like, yeah. there's quite a bit here to be excited about. It's just like, I mean, I, I just don't know that I trust everyone no. involved here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go to the Cavaliers. 47 and a half. This is over for me, baby. Riding with this might be this might be on the board. Riding with the Cavs. Yeah. I like it. Like they won 44 last year and had some real injury issues. And then you had Donovan Mitchell, you get Ricky Rubio back. Because that was a problem. Like they didn't have the, the backup ball handler once Rubio went down was a real issue. Um yeah. You got a great front court. You've got, you know, I. It's hard. You, you'd be hard pressed to talk me into the under on this. And this is a, this there, is our super number, by the way. So yeah, by the way, this is not on BetMGM, which is where this all is these numbers the come from. Uh, this is off the board at BetMGM. Superbook number is forty-seven and a half. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are one of two teams in the NBA. I've said this previously on the podcast uh, that have three 2022 all-stars on their roster in Jared Allen, Darius Garland, now Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are Evan Mobley, <laughs> who is their best asset. Like mm-hmm. arguably like the linchpin of everything that they do, especially defensively with the way that they're a lot, they were able to play three bigs last year. This team won last season. Uh, no, Herbert got hurt. Yeah, he, he went down. 44 uh, games last year. Yeah. So you're telling me that I need four more with Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. I only need four? I'm good with it. I'm I'm riding. I'm riding Cle- I'm riding the Cavs. This team is so deep. Like like Dean Wade is like a super valuable player. Uh I think that like there are teams that should like look to acquire Dean Wade. Uh, he's a like mobile defender. He can shoot. Um, Dean Wade, like somewhere, like you could tell me Dean Wade is like their second or their fifth starter, or you could tell me he is like out of their rotation because they're so deep. Like they have Robin Lopez, they have Kevin Love, they have Chetty Osman, they have uh, Karis Levert is still on this roster. By the way, is like a awesome sixth man option. Um, yeah. Kevin Love their yeah. second sixth man of the year option, like last year. Well, like, that's the they're a thing. loaded team. 
And Ricky Rubio's back. Moving moving Karis Levert from guy you have to depend on to like create constantly to microwave off the bench yeah. is such an upgrade in terms of what he's being asked to do and comfort for him. Um, because he really was not great towards the end of the year for them. Like what, after they acquired him, like he, he had some struggles uh, because like he had to carry a big load, especially when Garland was off the floor. If you can not have him tasked with that much creation, like that's big. I don't yeah. Um, so yeah, no, let's throw it on the board. Cavs over. Talk me into it. I'm in. Okay. Uh, the Hornets 36 and a half, Robbie. Can I throw, can I throw a fake trade at you here? Just off, off rip. I've been just mulling over in my head and need a platform for. Oh God. Oh, here we go. So here's my thought. We've been trying to ship this Miles Turner business to Charlotte for years now, just as a, as a, a collective of NBA Twitter, right? It's not happening. We need to move on. However, it doesn't mean we can't get Miles Turner involved in a trade that sends somebody to Charlotte. Okay? Here's what I'm thinking. Gordon Hayward goes to Indy. And, like, there's other pieces that are going to have to go into this, picks and everything. That's not – that's I'm an idea man. I don't finish the drill, Okay. This is where the general manager, this is where Kevin Pritchard and them, they get paid, Mitch Cup, they get paid the big bucks for this. Sure. Hayward goes to Indiana. The Pacers get their reason for fans to buy tickets, right? Miles Turner goes to Chicago, who needs more defensive presence on the inside, needs less of a post scorer because you have DeMar DeRozan, you don't need Vucevic taking post touches. And you send Vucevic to Charlotte, where they get more interior scoring, which they need with Miles Bridges gone. I think we fixed some problems with everybody here. Now, obviously, I think there's more pieces and stuff. I think Charlotte probably would like a little more coming back in this. Uh, Indiana would like a pick from somebody. But I think we fixed some issues that Chicago has with their roster because Vucevic and DeRozan just butt heads too much on where they want to be on the floor. Turner can space the floor in a way that they that Vucevic also does, but you're kind of wasting Vucevic if he's just a spot up guy and he doesn't feel involved. Like he's a guy that needs post touches. But Demar Derozan's better at that than him, and or you want Demar on the ball more. So you get Miles Turner there. They get a rim protector, which they don't really have right now. Pair him with the Paul on the wing. You got some good defense. You got some mojo going. Lonzo on the perimeter. Caruso. Like, I like what we do for Chicago there. Indiana, you keep building some picks. Uh, I don't know who – somebody – probably Chicago ends up sending, like, a lotto-protected first in this thing. Um, and then Vucevic goes to Charlotte, and you just kind of embrace being a good offensive team, but you take some of that burden off Alonzo because he can create in the post. Anyway, that is the trade that should so, happen. Uh, this, is, this is staggering, but this trade actually, like, works via the trade machine. Um, Look at me. I came up with this in the shower, like, two nights ago. Why am I thinking this is, about this in the shower? I don't can't tell you. But I have no idea how you did this, but you did do it. Um, is, I think it makes sense for a lot of parties. So I think the Pacers would want something. No, I don't Pacers know how much about. I don't picks. I think they get a pick from Chicago. And maybe a second from Charlotte. I don't what think Charlotte gets 
better here because well, Gordon Hayward the, actually like becomes important because of that. the Miles Bridges thing. I understand that, but I think it changes a little bit of the dynamic, and you can just go ahead and start shifting towards younger. I don't know. I, you know, I'm an idea man here. I think I think Chicago definitely comes out ahead on this, which maybe I should yeah. post this in the Bulls section. Maybe it's maybe it's instead of Hayward, maybe it's like. Uh, yeah, but do you no, want to give? Do be. you want to give up? Like, because the money wise, you have to. It's got to be unless it's Terry and PJ, which they might think well, is too much. You can do Ubre too, can't you? Mm, I always forget about him. Yeah, you can do you can do like Ubre and like PJ or something to mm-hmm. Indiana, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I'm just well, I'm just I'm, I'm percolating. Yeah, well, well, here. What, what if it's what if it's Ubre and PJ Washington, Indiana? Yeah, I, I like that. I just I just know Indiana has been like in the the Gordon Hayward sweepstakes forever. So I just I'm not sure if they just want to sell some tickets this year. Um, so so like they're. so Indiana gets Ubre Washington, maybe a pick for Miles Turner. I think a pick for Turner. I think like not not a good pick, but like a Chicago Lotto protected something. Maybe a couple seconds. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I don't know what the value of a first round pick is anymore after this offseason. I am completely lost. DeJounte Murray got three. Rudy and Donovan are getting like five. Like I yeah. lost. I can't tell you what the value of a first round pick is anymore. The dollar is plummeting. Uh, we are in a recession in the in the draft pick economy. And I in the I just, draft pick economy. Just we're losing our minds and uh, we need to go. I mean, the, the gold standard needs to come back is basically what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that this works for what it's worth. I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm just throwing something around. I feel like we need to shake things I, up. I will say, I like the idea of Vucevic to Charlotte. I think um, it works because it they do need more shot creation helps, and they I think need it helps to mellow out. They also need defense and like. Well, but here's the thing: but you're not going to get somebody that fixes all. That's why we've been trying to get Miles Turner there forever. But clearly, that's not happening. This is my thing: we keep trying to get Miles Turner to Charlotte because we're like, look, he protects the rim. Like, isn't that what you need? And they keep going no. And so I'm just I'm trying to come up with something else. We've been trying for years. How many years have I heard Miles Turner to Charlotte rumors? At least two or three. I'm tired of it. We're going to get Vooch down there. We get him back to the Southeast division. I think that revitalizes him a little bit. Uh, I think he needs to be in a place where he can demand some touches. I think it's good for everybody. So this is all hypothetical. The roster as it currently sits in Charlotte. I am uh, not enthused. No, it's not. It's not good. This is an under. So I'm 36 and a half. I, I, I got us derailed off the start here. So, like, they finished 23rd in defense last year. They hire Steve Clifford in the hopes mm-hmm. to fix their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just don't know how that's going to work, I guess, is where I'm at. Like, no, I mean, here's me, the thing. To me, it's a personnel problem. And, like, look, Clifford no. has always been good at, like, getting the most out of whatever personnel he has. But, like, no, I, I just don't. I don't see the personnel on this roster. To Look, you lost your second. You lost your team. second best player for nothing because he yeah. did despicable things. Like that's yeah. Like Reported that's the it. thing. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, sure. Let's make sure and cover our ass. But like, yeah, we'll you know, cover our ass, there's there's, there's, there's a lot of evidence of it out there, and, and it's there's a reason he's and, not. 
So yeah, there's a reason he's you, not signed. It's gross. And let's just be clear about so that. So like, but like, that's the thing is like, if you lose your second best player and he was, there was like all-star buzz about him last year. Like you lose your second best player for absolutely nothing. Like you're just going to struggle. And they were already a team that didn't have the margins for this. They were already a thin team, particularly at secondary scoring creation. Like you said, like, I think there's a chance that they sell off some stuff. I don't think they want to, but I think they're in a position now where they kind of have to consider it. I don't think they uh, ever yeah, want to. I just don't know because, where the team is going. Like, and they were going to build around Lamelo and Bridges, and now you can't do that. And I don't. I really don't know where the pivot is. Like, I just don't. But I think it has to involve you start shopping stuff like that. You start, and maybe it's and like that's the idea of if you want to try to be competitive, that's the trade idea. But there are trades out there where that's not the case, where you're moving Hayward or you're moving Rozier to somebody who needs a ball handler, you know, looking for a six man type uh, that's a contender and wants to get, move a pick for him. Like there's moves they can make to get considerably worse. I don't think they want to, because the idea, like the thing is like LaMelo is not the type of guy that you want to put through a rebuild, right? Like that's just, it's not going to go over necessarily well, but like, I don't know where they go that you don't like, it's such a, miserable position to find yourself in as an organization to think that you're on this trajectory and have it completely derailed. And I don't think they know, which is why I think they've been stagnant in this off season. I certainly don't know where they go, but just like looking at this roster, it's not good. The issue I come back to is I have no idea where they get secondary scoring from like Terry Rozier is a good scorer. Gordon Hayward is a good, like secondary ball handler can average, you know, 15 to 18 points a game, let's right. say. Um, Lamelo's obviously going to be like a 27 and 7 guy like he was last year. Maybe he improves a little bit and gets a little bit better. Um, but like that's, you're relying a lot on Kelly Oubre, maybe, like for shot creation. He averaged 15 a game last year. Um, behind him, I don't know where the scoring depth comes from unless James Booknight is much better than what we saw last year or didn't see last year, given that he barely played, uh, right. which to me, like kind of says something. Yes. Uh, Charlotte just drafted Mark Williams. So like, I don't even know that they're in the market for like a long-term answer at the center position. Like they, they might see Mark Williams as their long-term sure. answer. Um, how about, how about a team that's drafted a center in the first round, like every year for five years? Love that. I mean, it's been, like Mark Williams and Kai Jones and uh, you know, keep swinging. They took Nick Richards and Vernon Carey in the second round and gave them guaranteed picks. And uh, PJ Washington like plays minutes at center, right? So yep. like, no, they yeah. just keep drafting them. It's kind of funny, honestly, in like a tra- in a tragic way. <laughs> a little bit tragic, I think. But like, yeah, I- I'm just I'm I'm skeptical of where this entire thing goes. I guess yeah, I think I, to me it's I an lean, under. I, yeah, I lean under. It's a big drop. Like they won 43 last year, which kind of surprised and me. New right? coach, like, it's just but so the funny. new defensive minded coach that like look like Clifford's an incredible defensive mind, but like his teams weren't that creative offensively, and that. like Lamelo like thrives on that like open court creativity. I don't know. I'm like not. I'm not enthused about this it's just, roster, I guess. It's, a, it's like I said, like it's just a bad situation. Like it's a yeah. bad situation 
that was it was already like murky, and then you literally take the second best player away. Like it's just I don't know what what you even say about it other than like it's a lean under, but I don't want to. Um, I just don't want to want to play anything on it, but I definitely wouldn't invest in the optimistic view on them. Yeah, no. Lamelo rocks. Like I love love watching Lamelo ball play basketball. Chicago Bulls, 44 and a half. So it's worth remembering with this number that Lonzo, it seems like, is not going to be ready for the start of the year. Yep. They won 46 games last year. Yep. Uh, that was after with a DeMar. Very hot start. After a very hard, hot start, that was with DeMar playing 76, Zach Levine playing 67, Lonzo playing 35, Caruso only playing 41, and Pat Williams only playing 17. So they won more games last year. Without like a great amount of health, honestly, like I think they got a little bit unlucky with health. Uh, I, I think this is an over. I think it's yeah. like a solid over. No, I like, I like it. Maybe I'm crazy on it. I think that I think the concern is that other teams around them get better uh, potentially. But yeah, um, I uh, I would I would agree. Like I don't see why they can't win 46 again. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, like it's hard to figure out exactly what this team is um, because I still don't like some of the fits. Like I, like I mentioned when we were talking about that potential trade, yeah. like the, the Vucevic-DeRozan fit in particular, just you have to basically pick one. Who's, and, they, you know, DeMar is obviously the pick that you make to, like, give the ball. But, like, it yeah. just send it, – it pushes – Vooch to the periphery, which means he can't be, you know, Bulls fans yell and scream about wanting Vooch to be more aggressive and dominate at the rim. And I'm like, that's not him, man. That's not who he is. Like he's a, he's a finesse post, great footwork, you know, shooter guy. And like, he can dominate in that way, but you have that DeMar DeRozan. They occupy the same space. DeMar is going to be in the, the post, you know, hitting Mid-pulse. spin around, you know, yeah. fadeaways. And that's where Vooch wants to be. And you can't really do the same thing. And obviously you're going to pick DeMar, especially if he has a season like last year. Um, so I just don't love the fits. I, I think there's some moves to be made. Um, and I'm interested to see what Karnasovas does, especially if they start the year off a little flat. Like if they're a 12 and 12 team early, like where do they start to look? Um, or do they start to look anywhere? Uh, but yeah. I, I agree. Like I think if you can – they were not healthy last year and were above this. I think if you feel like last year wasn't a complete mirage from DeMar. Um, and I don't think, and I was. don't for what it's worth. I don't think I it don't. was, I don't think it'll be necessarily that good, but again, like he doesn't have to be quite that good if they're healthy. Like there was that stretch where he was just, he was just, like, he was having like hardened type numbers um, yeah. when they were really hurt. And like scoring, like but but here, here's the thing: like, you get probably you know similar number of games from Zach Levine. You get hopefully Demar stays healthy because Demar has been pretty healthy throughout the course of his career. Yeah, like there's. Well, I mean, he's not a you know, he's not a 
above the rim guy. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, like it's just tends to be better health. You can say the same about Vooch, by the way, not an above, not an above the rim guy. Uh, Levine and, you know, Caruso kind of flies around the court and gets elbowed in places. But you have to hope that Caruso plays more than 41 games. And then yeah. Pat Williams, if, if you think Pat Williams is going to be better than, if you think Pat Williams is like a starting power forward, mm-hmm. that is like, that's a big differentiator for them where he could really make an impact. I agree. On Especially pushing them to like 50 wins potentially. So this isn't over for me. Like this is solid. It's not quite on the board, but like, it's pretty close. I think. Are you big? Okay. Uh, next up the Pistons 28 and a half. I think that number is about right. Yeah. Good, good number. Good, good, good job. Bookmakers. Uh, look, I, I'm excited to watch this team. Um, I'm excited to see Kate Cunningham with a little more supporting talent around him. Yeah. Um, Cause like, like we, you know, this better than anybody like Cade's that is a dog back there and he is going to get after it. And like, this is not a team that's looking to lose games this year. Like this is not a team that no. they, they want to begin that ascent. Um, the problem is, is like, there's still a talent deficit. Um, and I love Jaden Ivy too. Dog love. I like the Pistons are just collecting. They are like mini Grizzlies East version of just like collecting guys I like, yeah. you know, and that and, like, and that are tough that are and that are like hard nosed and you like, it. yep, you know, beef stew. He'll he'll punch LeBron if he has to. Like, let's go. Like, you know, like uh, right. I I'm I am buying what the Pistons are building. I am not trying to touch this number. I think they could win twenty seven to thirty basketball games next year. I don't think they're a playing well, team. And here's the thing. Like if they play well to start the year, I think that there's a good chance that they go above this number and end up like potentially around like 34. Okay. Uh, if they don't play well, it, like by the time February rolls around right. and they're like completely out of the playoffs because the Eastern Conference playoff picture is very good, do you shut guys down because you want to get in the mix for Wemby? Do you want to get in the mix for Scoot Henderson? Do you want to get in the mix for, you know, X, Y, and Z, the top of the draft, Cam Whitmore, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that there is going to be a, there's a potential decision to be made for them given where they sit in the Eastern Conference hierarchy, uh, unless Cade just completely goes takeover mode uh, from game one this year and averages right. like, you know, similar to LaMelo last year, 27 and seven, and it's like borderline all-star, which I think is like a real possibility. Um I'll be honest. I lean over on this. Uh, like, I think they could be like a thirty to thirty-two win team. But there's just I enough possibility that they sell. Or there's are just, just enough possibility enough. that they yep sell at the end of February, where yep. they just ten, like close it off a little bit at the end. Sure. That worries me. If the if they're like five wins under where I think they are uh, yeah. midway through the year. Okay. Next up, the Pacers twenty-four and a half. I just think this number is low. It feels uh, low for a team that doesn't have – like, they, they still have talent. Like, they still have yeah. guys you like. Like, obviously, Miles Turner's future is always in flux. But also, like, I don't think they're going to trade Miles and just get nothing back for him because I don't think there's, like, a draft pick-heavy package out there necessarily for Miles. Right. 
Like I think if you if you do move him, it's for at least something young in return that can contribute. You have Hallie, you've got like it's it's like not, a PJ Washington that yeah, like, like, we, like has we to make about, a decision like, on paying this offseason. Yeah. Maybe Charlotte doesn't want to be the team that does that. So you get a young player back, you have to pay him. That's your you know tax for maybe losing Miles Turner in the offseason, right? You get a good player back, but you have to pay him. Yeah. Something so like I I don't know. I mean, like, this is just like that's a that's a really low number for a team that has never shown a propensity to go all the way into the tank. And it's a really low number. It's a really low number for Tyrese Halliburton, I think. And Benedict Maturin, who I love. Ben can play. I love Ben. I saw Ben at Global Camp in Chicago uh, in 2020. Yeah, 2020, right before everything shut down. (laughs) Watching that dude, like – I think he, tr- I think he tried to dunk on every big man at the camp. Yeah, super competitive. Like that's that's like an underrated thing about him. Like he's a competitive. He's a hyper. Like he wants it. Yeah. yeah, and like you put him with Hallie, and like they're gonna try. Like it was kind of like what we talked about last year with like Cade and the Pistons. It's like Cade's not. If you have Cade on the floor, like he's not gonna let you just like sleepwalk through things. Like he's not afraid as a young guy to call you out on stuff and like. I think you have that with Hallie and, and Ben. Like they're gonna, they want to play. They don't want to get embarrassed on a nightly basis. And I think they'll be good enough to. There, enough teams will sleepwalk through to Indiana, Naptown. Yeah, enough teams are gonna think that that's a freebie. That if they're trying, they could get 26, 27 wins. I lean over. I don't know if I want to lock it up, but it does feel I, low. I just don't want to bet under this with this team. I will say, like. They they embraced the the losses last year. Well, last like, year they did. Yeah, they, like, they, they sure. Like they lost their last ten games. Sure. And like this was a team at one point that was nineteen and thirty three. Uh, they ended up twenty five and fifty seven. Yeah, that's fair. Like that's fair. They could they could like really kind of get into this and kind of turn this number to where it gets to be bad they, they were 12 and 16 uh through 28 games last year like they they weren't i, re- I remember i was like what's what's happening here uh I, I, this could this could go bad this could go this well, is that's a what, again this is a stay away this is a stay away but I, I think more often than not they end up over just based on that, having enough talent to be competitive nightly but yeah. okay, I'll retract my statement that they won't take. <laughs> I, look, I, I don't think it'll be a purposeful one. Sure. Like if they move Miles Turner, like this gets this I think gets questionable get in a hury. Yeah, that's fair. Like if they just get back draft picks for Miles Turner, like again, I just don't like know that, where right? that. Like, I just uh, right now is I just don't know where that deal is out there, but maybe it exists. So. And like Rick Carlisle, like is a great coach, and they have Halliburton, like they. I agree with your premise. I think your premise is right that this team like probably will never purposefully tank. It's just that they real like if they trade Miles Turner, he they really might not be good enough. I guess my thing is like I feel like it's you know, last year the Rockets won twenty games and they were like, you know, them and Orlando were the worst teams in the league. And it's like 
But like, I feel like we we don't have the days where teams are winning like eighteen games. You know, like we don't have like that level of tanking right now. Like, there's nobody trying to be in a thirteen win team, and so it's like I just like maybe it's a twenty two twenty three win team, but I don't think they miss this by a ton. Like, I don't think there's a, yeah. a place they go where they miss this by a lot. That's why I lean yeah. over. But I, again, I mean, not, in, not in 20, playing it. You, yeah. you've, you've made your point. Yeah, you're right. Like, there, there hasn't been like a – like to win 19 games, you have to win 23% less, of your games. Yeah, less than a quarter of your games. Like, there hasn't been – like the Rockets in 2021 were pretty close to that, like disaster level. Uh, the Warriors in their like super tank year where Steph was hurt, like they were, they were pretty close to that number, um, and it probably would have gotten worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, the Knicks in 2019 were really bad. You just have to, you just have to go all the way into it, and like you I do. just, I don't know. I believe in the Pacers having just enough talent. Chris Duarte can yeah. shoot it. I don't know. The front court's yeah. pretty bleak beyond Miles, though. You're right. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm a I'm a Terry Taylor guy, and I uh, I enjoy Isaiah Jackson uh, and his athleticism at least. But I don't know if they're quite ready to like lead a 500 team necessarily. No, but that's okay. You don't yeah. have to. You just have to win 25 games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Miami Heat, 49 and a half. Am I gonna bet the Heat under again? Probably. I'm not. I'm in. You're in? You're in on heat culture? In despite the fact that they have a worse roster? Only like, I mean, they lost like P.J. Tucker. But, yeah. I mean, I guess P.J. is mean, a big that's meaningful. Like that's, Yeah. That's meaningful? Like, I, but I'm not, so not going to lock this up, like, but I'd lean under. I think there's just better teams in the East than them. But they do, again, they play hard in the, the regular season. It matters. So, like... Jimmy Butler is probably going to play somewhere between, you know, somewhere around 60 games because that's about what he plays every year. He played 57 last year. Um, Tyler Hero played 66. We might get contract year Tyler Hero. Uh, We got Bam Adebayo, who only played 56 last year. Yeah. And my hope would be that Bam stays healthy for the full year. Bam stays healthy. And Bam wants to be DPOI really bad. Yeah. Like, if Bam stays healthy, this should be pretty – doable um yeah i mean i i i kind of buy miami like i think that this is just a cultural thing where you buy this team and you should feel good about them and like what why would you why would you worry about a team that's led by jimmy butler kyle lowry bam Adebayo, like just hyper competitive dudes that are like gonna compete every single night they're on the court and win NBA uh, regular season games. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's like I don't feel great about the Heat, and like I'm like Kyle Lowry did not look good in the playoffs, like all playoffs. Like it wasn't just a conference finals thing. Like he was just he was not good in the playoffs. But like maybe that doesn't matter in the regular season if he can be you know kind of back to normal, and maybe he just gets tired towards the end of the year. But I'm a little worried about Kyle Lowry taking a step back. Um, I'm a little worried about like some of the guys that kind of popped last year, maybe coming back to earth a little bit. Don't you dare just say that Max Struess is coming back to earth. Just saying Max Struess and Gabe Vincent might. Just a little bit. 
So here's my thing. Like Miami's like track record of development is pretty good at this point, right? Like sure. they, they've done a good job of, yeah. And I think they're guys like Caleb Martin also like is a find that was valuable for them last year. Um, yeah, I just think they're good enough. Like at the end it of the day, be. like I, I trust this team to win games. Like, and I trust these, I trust the human beings involved here, I guess. Um, maybe you're right. I'm, like, and here, I'm just leaving the because there's so many teams that are like high up here that I don't know. I could be wrong. Here's the other thing. Like if Jimmy Butler play, Jimmy Butler is not like assuming Jimmy Butler doesn't suffer like a major injury. If Jimmy Butler plays 70 games, they go way. Oh over yeah. No, this yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm if, not locking it up. I'm just yeah. willing, willing. I think over. I think over for me. Uh, the Milwaukee fair. Bucks, fifty-three and a half. So I'll, I'll just be clear on Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the team that I just have the most confidence in every single year. I said over last. We did year this and last year, and, you know. um, but it took like Chris Middleton missing sixteen games, Drew Holiday Lopez missing fifteen, all of it. Giannis missing 15, Brooke Lopez missing the entire year, uh, Grayson Allen missed 16. Um, you know, like they had a lot of guys miss games here and there, plus the Brooke Lopez factor. I think that that doesn't really quite happen this year. They also hopefully get Joe Ingles back like mid year. Yep. Um, yeah, this is an over for me. I trust Giannis. Like that, that, I'm not, I'm probably not going to bet it, but this is an over for me. I trust Giannis. I can put it on the board over. Uh, I also would go out in search of whatever there to win the East, like top seed. If there's a top seed thing out there, uh, yeah. Bucks number one seed would be on my list. Yeah, they won, 50, they won 51 last year. Like and it felt like they had a mediocre season. Yeah, over. I think over. I think I'm over is safe here. We can kind of mode. I don't even know that like we need to talk about that one extensively. No, I think uh, it's self-explanatory. Because here, here's the thing. The team last year was 14th in defensive rating. If you get 55 games out of Brooke Lopez, I would venture that they're top 10 pretty easily in defense. And I feel good about their offense because their offense is run by Mike Budenholzer and has Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like there's just not really a reason to worry about that. So if you get normal injury luck here. I think that the team wins 54 games pretty comfortably. Yeah. That's kind of it. Okay. Uh, next up, the New York Knicks, 39 and a half. This is, this is the one where we're going to yell at Robbie. <laughs> you want to go first? I'll go. I'll go. Um, this under, so they won 37 last year. They won 37 last year. Um, I'll preface this by saying I, I have been impressed by the strides R.J. Barrett has made. Uh, I, I think the extension was a solid number. I think is you know, I like it. Um, Obi Toppin is, is, looks like an NBA player, which was which is a big, big step um, from his rookie year where there were some, some scuffles, but I like the way he played last year. Yeah. Uh, I still like Mitchell Robinson as a just a, a a rotation big man. I don't know about starter, but like he's a he's a very solid center. Um, and like Jalen Brunson's a good basketball player. Uh, how, however, they're just they're just not they're just outgunned, man, in the East and really against most of the West. Like they're just not good enough. They 
it's a talent deficit. Like you just, there's not much you can do. And we're deep into the Thibs era, which usually That's historically no does not go well. Like we're deep. What what year is this? Is this four, three, four? This is year, this is year four, correct. This, so this tends to tends to have a taper off effect. The message starts to get like the guys start tuning out the I they worked really hard to get Donovan Mitchell and then didn't. And like which like I get I don't even know how that would have worked. Like I don't think they were necessarily wrong not to give up a ton for Donovan Mitchell. Like I don't like especially since he signed Jalen Brunson, I don't know how that backcourt would have yeah. done much. I just like like you you better hope Julius Randle has a big bounce back, is all I'll say. Like you better hope that is somewhere in him to get back to that level. And I'm just skeptical of that. And even if RJ Barrett is very good, which I think he very well might be, I don't think they have enough firepower to compete in the East night in night out. Okay. Here's the case. Here's the case for the over for the Knicks. Okay. This team won 37 games last year. They did. They weren't a disaster. Like it was disappointing because they had like a home playoff series the year before, Mm -hmm. but they weren't a disaster. They were 22nd in offensive efficiency, 11th in defensive efficiency. They go out and get Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is going to make their offense just run better and they're going to be more dangerous offensively. It should be better. Uh, They have a lot of young guys that should show continued marginal growth. Uh, RJ Barrett should get better. Obi Toppin should be better. Emmanuel Quickly should be better. Quentin Grimes should be better. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson just turned 24. He should be better. Like a number of guys here. They also go out, they improve their roster. They get Jalen Bronson. They get Isaiah Hartenstein, both of whom like should be pretty useful for that professional center. I think this number is basically dead on. Um, I lean very slightly over because my just in my brain, what my brain tells me is they basically retained everything off of their team last year. Mm. Uh, I know that they actually like stayed really healthy last year for the most part. Like that's a thing to consider here. Like Julius Randall played 72. RJ Barrett played 70. Fournier and Burks over played over 80. Mitchell Robinson played 72. Um, Emmanuel quickly played 78. Like, they had a lot of guys that stayed healthy, but you're going to get more than 46 games out of Quentin Grimes because Quentin Grimes is good. You're going to get more than or like Obi Toppin also played 72 games, right? Like, so they had guys that played a lot of games, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to get all of these guys that are hopefully healthy this year. Like we haven't seen injury problems with any of these guys really in the past. And hopefully they stay healthy and continue to stay healthy. And you're going to add Jalen Brunson who should make the offense run a bit better while not tanking the defense. So is that worth three games? Basically is what it comes down to along with the internal improvement of the young guys. Mm. I kind of think yes. Acknowledging that not all of this happens in a vacuum because like, the Eastern conference is going to be better this year and it's going to be harder for them to find wins. Um, I think the number is dead on is what I would say. And I lean very slightly over, but I think the number is right. Not locking this up, but I just think like, it's hard for me to see how this team 
is like anything better than 500 and that's a game and a half over this total like like that that feels like a really really high level outcome for this team is 500 just because like you said like the east is it's just going to be a a brutal day in day out like i i just i think they are closer to where portland is to go back to what we talked about in the West yeah. than they are to where, I don't know, like in Atlanta is um, where like, I think they, they're, they're solidly like mid 50 or mid forties team um, on like and a number for, of outcomes. For what it's worth in that exact vein, uh, similarly, exactly similarly to Portland, the Knicks are the 10th team in the East and hit it 39. Uh, as we said in the West last time, it has Usually, not been exactly like a high-level track record of teams finishing 10th yeah. in the league. Usually. Now, and now, obviously, Charlotte was 43 wins in the 10th seed last year. So, like, last year was kind of the were. outlier in that. But the year I before just, was Charlotte at 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before that was Washington at 25, but that was, like, the shortened year. Um so like, you know, but still 25 is like a crazy number in terms of low. Um, Miami was 39 in 2019. Uh, in 2018, Charlotte was 36. In 2017, Detroit was 37. In 2016, the Wizards were 41. I don't know. Like I, I, the track record it's is not- like a little bit better than what you would think. It's not like great, but it's not. I, it's still it's still unlikely that the team that finishes tenth gets to forty wins, which is what you like have to get to. And that and so that's my issue. Is like I'm trying to figure out like who I would pick them to potentially be better than. And I just think right. like and I think it, it it spells out in the kind of the way that the the win totals are this year is like there's a pretty big gap between like it's the Bulls at forty four and a half is the next lowest team. Like there's a pretty sizable gap. And like if you're talking about team talent like the bulls are yeah. pretty bulls much are better better than them in the a lot of ways so it's just like for sure i just think there's a talent deficit and it's not to say that they don't have some guys it's just i worry about the fibs factor year four tends not to be a guy that gets the most out of his teams longer into his tenure tends to get the most out of them early in his tenure they did that uh they had success yep. early in with fibs doesn't usually go as well the longer he's in a place. I, I think this is close to where they were last year, 38 wins and just a little bit under. But like you said, like, look, they, they again, they were close on this and they did get better. I just don't know if they got better enough for everything around. Yeah. Don't okay. yell at me. The Orlando much. Magic are up next. 26 and a half. I I don't know if I'm just I'm drinking the Franzia too much. Um, this uh, I don't know if it's a little slap the bag this summer. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a Paolo guy through and through. I love me some Paolo. I think I killed Sam with that one. He hasn't thought about Franzia since Columbus. <laughs> uh. 
If Franz Franz is gonna start hitting threes and people are gonna start tweeting Franz is slapping the bag. Slap the bag. <laughs> it will be me tweeting that. <laughs> and twelve people will get it who are degenerates in college on NBA oh, Twitter. That's um, incredible. I don't think I'm a I'm gonna be hundred percent honest. I don't think there are a lot of people that are on NBA Twitter that played slap the bag that were like that I'm in college. Sure. I'm gonna be honest. Like just knowing sure I've been to summer that. league, man. I, I know I know how a lot of these dudes roll. I don't think there's a lot of that. Um, look, man, I, I'm I'm so intrigued by this Magic team. I don't want to bet it, uh, but I feel like I want to be optimistic about them. But it is a five win jump to get over this number. It is. So here's the thing: the team was not healthy last year. It's worth saying that they were not. Uh, I have no idea if Jonathan Isaac's going to be playing. If he's going to be at a Michael Flynn about press conference, he's be at CPAC, like he could, be- uh, I, I, I don't know. I like we, we just literally we we know nothing about what's happening with Jonathan Isaac. It feels yeah. like um, last year though, Wendell Carter missed twenty games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Jalen Suggs miss half the season, basically. Mm-hmm. We had Markel Fultz only play 18 games. Is Suggs going to be back for the start of the season? I can't remember where his injury status was. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's an issue there, as far okay. as I know. Um, so, they should, hear me out, should be better. Yep. Obviously, Franz played like the entire season. And like a like, king. I don't know if, yeah, because of course he did. Uh, the Franz, Paulo, Wendell Carter front court should be incredible. Love it. Like should be All awesome, it. awesome to watch. Love it. And should like be able to play at a really high level. And here's the other thing: that trio in the front court should unlock Markel in like a pretty real way. If Markel is playing the point, they can also uh, push the pace. Finally. And he can push the pace. They can push the pace because they have four guys at the very least on the court at once that can handle the ball and dribble up and down the court. Uh, Markel Fultz is going to have space to drive and get into the mid-range, get to the basket, which is what he excels at now. Um, Really high-level passer playmaker, like average five-and-a-half assists with almost like a three-to-one assist turnover ratio. Markel's a really good defender. I actually kind of like this roster. Like, I'm going to be real. With, like, I think that this roster is like. Let's go. I thought you were setting me sense. up to say something about like an under here. Like, I thought you were like trying to like no. build them up and then knock them down. I love that. Like and, I did with the Knicks. Like, I thought you were doing what I did with the Knicks. But like, I love that you're. Let's I'll, go. I'll be honest. I, I think we get a Jalen Suggs bounce back. If the shot comes back at all, at all from what it was in college. He should be much better. I think Orlando. He's also a really good defender. Mm -hmm. Franz Wagner, good defender. Like Wendell Carter, smart positional defender. Paulo, I got some questions, but like when he's locked in and engaged, is fine. Certified like big and can move his feet. I did not know. I had not seen Paulo in person until summer league. (sighs) That 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 boy's beefy, big guy. That is big guy. Shoulders. Like he's one Enormous of those him, him and like DeAndre Ayton are the two guys that like have come oh, in the league recently. Goodness. That like when you are near them, you like they have like a physical presence they carry about them that's different than yeah. other guys. Like I've talked about this before. DeAndre Ayton, uh Gray's posture in the NBA. Elite. 
yeah. elite posture. That dude is seven one and stands seven two. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, makes you feel like the small. Like I've done interviews with him. I'm six two and I feel I've never felt as short. And like I've been around Shaq. I've been around. He just stands like another level of tall. Paolo, he's listed six ten. That man feels like just being around him. He he. he Vibes are much bigger than what he's listed at. Yeah. Like him going up against Jabari was eye opening in terms of who had the NBA body right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Paul. It was like, like for sure. Yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Paolo's ready right now. And like, again, like if you're talking about like the young teams that are going to take stuff forward, like that helps. Like, you know, the draft is not necessarily about that, but he's going to look better this year than a lot of guys because that dude's ready to play. 70 games in the NBA physically right now. He is not going to yeah, yes. be worn down. Yeah. I, I think this that is also an over. I think this is an over. Let's put it on the board. Let's be, let's be magic optimists. Honestly, let's do it. Let's yeah. put the magic for on the fun. board. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Like just for fun. And guess what? We'll, we'll play slap the bag if they go over next year. We're slapping the bag of slapping Summer the League. Bag. Slapping the bag of Summer oh, League. Oh, my goodness. When the magic go over next year. It's going to be slapping the bag at Summer League 2023. Uh, Orlando Magic over twenty six and a half. I don't even know if that's a hashtag. I, I don't think I don't even think we can hashtag it, but we can do something. Uh, the Philadelphia seventy six are fifty point five. I have no real idea what to do with this number because a lot of it, it depends on what James Harden is. Sure. Like I, I, my immediate reaction is over because I think mm-hmm. that part part of me thinks that like they might not totally care about the regular season. They might just like kind of coast through and get to the playoffs because that's really all they're going to be judged on. But part of me also thinks Joel really wants an MVP. And part of me thinks that Tyrese Maxey is ready for a jump. And like, here's the other thing. James Harden. Well, like also James Harden was only with them for 22 games last year. Yeah. Or 21 or something like that. I can't remember what, but like was not there for long last year. So they didn't get like a ton of, you know, value out of him and still won 51. So I like, I like adding D'Anthony Melton. I think that was an underrated acquisition. This all, I think that was a really good use of the draft pick. You know, like if you're talking about like a team right now that needs to win. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice draft night move. Uh, I'm still kind of surprised the Grizzlies did that, but obviously they want to clear some space for their guys, but want to clear some space for David Roddy. There you go. Hey, but when hey, if you, I would cha- change my tune on the Grizzlies if you told me Kenneth Lofton Jr. plays uh, all fifty games, twenty five minutes a game for his two way. Kenneth Lofton Jr. Love is a winner, winner, <laughs> six man of the I year. Kenneth Lofton Jr. on a two way. Can't believe I didn't uh, get in that. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I like I like the over here because like what you said, like Joel cares about the regular season. We've talked about that many times on this podcast. Like that matters. Yep. And I think they just got better. Like you had PJ Tucker, you had DeAnthony Melton. Like they just have a better roster than they had last year. Um, particularly when you factor in they had a roster spot for half the year that was being unused. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ben Simmons is gone. That's very helpful. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers also acquired PJ Tucker. They also yeah. like went out and got Daniel House, who's like not a terrible sure. wing. He's like a good traveling queen. Around. For whether yep. he might not make the roster though. 
he should him. make the roster, I would think. I th- um, I think they I I saw I don't know maybe I, I thought they had like oh they were a weird kind of crunch with like sixteen guys, but I could be wrong. They they are, but I like you I would venture right? that I would venture that like Bassey and yeah, Joe that's go true. before that's true. That's true. Queen. Queen will make it, yeah. Um, like but maybe I'm wrong about that. No, I think um, you're right. No, you're right. That's on. I forgot Bassey. No, probably the option. Nonetheless, though, like. You're right. This team is much better, and they won 51. They're better. Year. Like I think this is a solid over. Like I'm not. This is a weird. This is a weird number. I this one. This like stinks, doesn't it? Like what do they know? Is this just like them being like people are down on James Harden because he was garbage in the playoffs? Like I feel Maybe. like they're just. I feel like people just think James Harden's bad now. This number, like the missing? more you think about, what am I missing with this number? That's like so. Yeah, dude. Like I don't. This is an over for me. I'll put it on this the board. This is a clear over. On the board. Right. See, we keep on putting overs Look on the board. It. We have a lot of unders, but we keep putting overs on the board. We lean under. We're optimistic people. That's why. You know what? That's who I've we always are. said that about us. Yeah, the two of us. Very optimistic. Uh, okay. The Toronto Raptors. 46 and a half. I think this number is basically dead on. I don't really want anything to do with it. And... No, I really I think like because they, they could make a move. They, like we mentioned, the when we did the Spurs, they could be the the Purtle team. Uh, I think they are going to add a center at some point, but I don't know for what. I don't like betting against the Raptors because they try hard and they're well coached and they have good talent. But I also have questions about overall roster like talent up to the other teams. In the East, like I don't think they're as good as some of these other teams, top to bottom. But yeah, like they have good players. Like Pascal is really good. Took another like kind of quietly took another step last year. Um, Two times all NBA baby. Yeah, Fred VanVleet obviously uh, really good first half of the season. Kind of tapered off a little. I'm an OG guy. Love him. Like there's and but, by the way, only only played. 48 games last year and showed some real offensive growth in those games. He can hoop. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's, I just, I I don't think they're done with this roster. And that also spooks me off of this. I think there's moves they make because the other thing is it wouldn't surprise me if they make, if they stumbled, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they restructure it in a way that is more future facing because they do have some extension stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Gary Trent's there. Like Gary Trent, he can shoot it. Boy, well, and like Fred Van Vliet. Did Fred? Fred didn't. Yeah, I mentioned Fred. No. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Fred. Fred has not signed an extension yet. So like, and he's he is theoretic or he is a free agent this offseason because he is a player option for 2023-24. Correct. Correct. So, contract year, Fred. Get yeah, after. I mean. I. This if we're just, leaning, it, yeah, go ahead. Where are you leaning? I, I, I think this number is like dead on. I have so basically. many. I have so many overs. I think I have to lean under. Yeah, like forty six and a half. I'm gonna say forty. I'm gonna say they're forty six team. They won forty eight last year. I'm gonna say they're forty six. Yeah. Team. I think there's there's two losses out there. From a couple better of East, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Did they like so. So here's the big thing. So part of the reason they were so bad last year is their bench was terrible for like a big part of the year, mm-hmm. and theoretically the moves that they made this offseason, getting Otto Porter Jr. I um, like that. You know, keeping Thad Young after acquiring him at the deadline, uh, keeping Chris Boucher, like. You know, some of these moves could theoretically improve their bench. Also, like Precious Achua or Precious Chua, like made a big uh, leap last year uh, that people kind of ignored. It felt like for a time uh, he could be like a like an option for them at center, like long term to where they don't need to go out and acquire one, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I. This is just a total stay away for me because I think oh, yeah. that this team is just like right in this right in this ballpark. I don't mm-hmm. really have a yeah like a, maybe Scotty Barnes like if Scotty Barnes takes a leap. Sure. I mean this this is way too low if sure. Scotty Barnes takes a leap. I guess but, I'm like I'm like I'm not like I'm not skeptical on Scotty Barnes' talent. I'm just like mildly skeptical that just my my whole linear like growth isn't linear rant comes in here where it's just yeah. like there's a chance he's just again, what he was last year, which was spectacular and better than anybody thought he would be, especially offensively. Like everybody was like, he's going to be a project. And then he's like, no, I'm good. And so, all right. Like, cool. Well, Andy shot, like for instance, he shot 30% from three and he shot between 10 and 23 feet from the mid range where everyone was very excited about him in the mid range last year. He still shot like 39% from that area. And to be like, take the leap from, like what he was last year, which was like fucking phenomenal for a rookie and yeah. very much deserved the rookie of the year award to genuine superstar in the NBA. Like that's going to be where he has to take the leap is the shooting. Like it's still the shooting, even though the shooting was better than what anyone, including myself thought right. last year. And I guess so, that's, that's the concern about him being able to make that leap is like, he took such a, such a big stride in the, I guess the summer when he got drafted yeah. that nobody was expecting that's really hard for me to believe there's another one like that. And that's not a knock on him. It doesn't mean he can't get better, but like, it just feels like you, you probably are building off of a base now and kind of continuing to build that foundation. Uh, Maybe there is. I mean, Kawhi did it. Like Kawhi I mean, just made these leaps. Some guys are like that. And some guys can do that. And yeah. maybe he, maybe he's one of those, but um yeah, I think I'm that's what just, it requires, though, for yeah, no, like, them you. to go over is something like that. Yeah, they just need more dy- yeah. like dynamism in in yeah. their offense because it like we saw in the playoffs, like if Fred doesn't have it cooking, like it just can get stagnant. Oh yeah, and like yeah. it's part of the reason they ran so much last year. Like they yeah. run constantly, yeah. um, and why their offensive rating like doesn't actually look that bad. Like they were middle of the well, pack also, in offensive rating last year. It's just it, that like. How much they play their guys a ton of minutes. Like that's the other concern you have is like if they can't play their guys. Like Nick Nurse likes to play guys forty minutes. Yeah, he really does. He enjoys that. Yeah. He does not like a deep bench rotation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, look, so, this is going to be a good team. Like we don't need very this team. I think they're like, I think they're a playoff team. They're going to be on that six, seven, five, yeah. six, seven fringe as they always are. Like you just pencil them in for 45 wins every year, which is great. Like that's a, there's a ton of franchises that would kill for that. Um, Could be more. I, Could I'm be just, less. again, I've taken a bunch of, I feel like I just feel like I've taken a bunch of overs here. So I'm just going to tiny bit under on 46. Yeah. 
Speaking of under, the Washington Wizards are next. Hey, yeah, under. 35 and a half. This, this number is 35 and a half. They won 35 last year. They won 34 the year before. I get why this number is where it is. Yeah, that's what they uh, do. But like their expected win loss last year was actually more like 32 based on their offensive and defensive ratings. They finished 21st in offensive rating, 25th in defensive rating. I, I would imagine that like the case for the over here would be you get a full season of Bradley Beal, hopefully. That's, you know, he played 40 last year. You get Kristaps Porzingis, whatever the idealized version of him is, that's 40. Uh, you know, maybe maybe 50 games, honestly. Like, I, like, I just don't know how you can, like, expect... No, project Kristaps anything more than, like, half a season. Yeah, so his last, his last few years, 2018, 48 games, 2019, uh, did not play. 2020, 57 games. 2021, 43 games. 2022, 51 games. Like, 50 games. Idealized version of this is 50 games, right? Yeah. Um, and after that, it's, I mean, like maybe Will Barton is like the secondary offense they need, but like they didn't really fill the hole at point guard. Like Monte Morris is somewhere between the 24th and 30 first best point guard in the league probably that's probably not as much as they needed delon wright is like a good useful player like delon i do too keep him super helpful for the hawks last year uh i just don't know yeah like i I don't i don't buy it with this team can i ask you can i i'm I'm gonna run you some trivia here that stunned me when i found this out the other week uh when was the last time the, the washington uh, franchise won 50 games in a season. Oh, it's like an insane number of years. Yeah, no, I know. It, it's like since Wes Unseld, right? 78, like 79. 1978, 1979 season. Yeah. Yeah. It, How? Yeah, I mean, was, was, was Wes Unseld their best player at that point? Was that right? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Elvin Hayes, Wes Unseld. Yeah, so we got... Wes Unseld uh, Jr. is now their head coach, like not even <laughs> like a player, a player on their team. It's not like Wes Unseld's son is like playing on their team. I Wes Unseld's son. Because they won 40, 49 and 17. 49 was the best they've come since. But like 70, like there's not like every other franchise has done that. Like even the, the bad ones, even like the franchise oh, yeah. you would think like Minnesota, Sacramento, all of them, they done it. New York, they've all done it. 78 cents, that stunned me. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, uh, yeah, under, you want to talk about like talent disparities? Look, man, like they're just, they're, I think they're closer to the Magic than they are to the Hawks and Raptors and Bulls, right? At, at what point, uh, so here's the thing. So this this is, this is going to be a sad note to end on. I think this is the most depressing organization in the NBA. Just straight up. Like it feels like right now you're waiting for your best player to eventually like ask for a trade, yeah. right? Like that's, that's just what it feels like at this point because they're, they've been stuck in the middle for so long. They haven't won 50 games in so long. Yeah. Um, you continue to get these middling first round picks. Your evaluation staff continues to take like these lower upside swings like Johnny Davis is young, but like, I didn't love like his, like I thought Johnny Davis, like maybe a solid starter. Yeah. Corey Kispert. I thought maybe a solid starter. 
Rui, I think I had it like 22 on my board when they took him at nine. Um, Denny Avdia, actually, like I liked the Denny Avdia pick, but I thought Denny Avdia is like a solid starter. They haven't taken a real upside swing in a while, and like it's just it it shows it's like it's bleak. it's bleak, and like it's the same. And like the thing is, like you would think a franchise that, like we said, has not won fifty games since seventy eight, seventy nine, at some point would say like let's let's do something, like let's and. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. And the thing is, is like we talk about, we all know where Charlotte goes from here. Like, what what does Washington do? Like, is there, what's the path? What's the five-year plan? Three-year plan. Let's say three-year oh, plan it, in Washington. It was it's very path? obvious. They're just not going to do it. Like, well, right. They, it's trade, it's trade bread. Yeah, the very obvious path here is to trade Bradley Beal, bring in picks, bottom out this year. Do it this year so that you have a chance at Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, those guys. They decided not to do that for reasons beyond my comprehension. If you're ever going to do it, this is the year to do it. Especially with, like, only a few other teams going down right. that road. Yes. Like you're, you have a pretty good shot at one of those three be- at the 14% odds like you've got yes you could get there pretty easily because like the thing the other thing is like you could get something for like kyle kuzma is like a valuable asset to like trade yeah like right now like you could get something for him as well yeah, kyle kuzma is good at basketball now like that that's kind of gone like i feel like you know people that's know crazy. him as, oh yeah like he wasn't quite good enough to be the he starter the runway the- like, bubble jacket octopus pants things like he did the other day but no Um, kyle kuzma last year averaged 17 points eight rebounds and three and a half assists while shooting 45 34 from the field and from three and like actually is switchable and like useful defensively kyle kuzma is good at basketball now just straight you could get you could get something for him you could get a pick for him you could get picks for bradley beal you could move guys like you have yes a few valuable guys you do not have enough valuable guys to compete Yes. And it, you're right. Like, I what, think what is their, what is their best case scenario? Let's say Bradley Beal stays healthy. Everyone on their roster stays healthy the whole year, even though they have guys that like continue to get hurt. Right. Like Kristaps, for instance, everyone plays 80 games. They play well. What happens? They win 45 games, 43 I games. I, I, yeah. I mean, like they're, I think the best case scenario is pretty close to 500 and you're the nine seed. So what, what, what's, what's the point, I guess is what I'm saying. Stubbornness at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's it. I mean, like, that's the only thing like they are. Cause the thing is like, they're, they're as far as like franchise position, they are where the Kings are. They just don't have as much of a fun team as the Kings. Oh, they're, like the, this team is work. I don't understand why this team's over under is higher than the Kings. The Kings are a better team than this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like franchise position in terms of just like where is what's the upside? Yeah, like the Kings are in the same. Like everybody's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you trading for Sabonis?" Like it's. I think it's going to be fun, but like, it doesn't make them a playoff team. And now you, you know, like you gave away one of your best assets for that. And like, what, where are you going? Like, what's the plan to get better? And like, I don't even think 
you need to necessarily go in and say like, we're trying to win a championship in a few years, but it's like, we're trying to have a chance to be the Hawks, right? Like we would like to, maybe if we, the rule that wheel hits, right. We can make a conference finals. That's all you're really trying to do. If you're the wizards is have it break, right? Like, you know what you are, but it doesn't have to be this, right? Like it doesn't have to be this. And I think that's the frustration for Washington fans and like for us that are just like not emotionally invested seeing a team wander aimlessly in the desert. Well, and like it's been, it's not like they haven't been trying this for a while now. They've been trying this like pathway for five years. Right. And the best they've done is the first round. And that, that first round appearance was like 2018. It's the first year that they were doing this. And it's just like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like this, is, I get that. Like that's the year John Wall got hurt and like, you know, everything kind of went downhill and like, but like, this is now like the fifth year since John Wall got hurt the first right. time. And it, it like, it stinks because like there was reason to believe, but like, like you said, it's been five years. Like it's time, yeah. it's time to accept what the reality of the situation is. And like, yeah. I'll say this credit to Bradley Beal for figuring out what Dame has figured out, which is being a top 30, but not top 15 guy uh, and being super loyal to a small market is the best way to make all the money in the world. I'll say this. I think Dame was a top 15 guy. I don't know. If well, he, okay. Yeah. But, but I understand your point. Specifically, Brett, but like you like to be that kind of like all-star caliber, maybe all NBA if you, in, on your best day, like, but if you like figuring out the loyalty thing, huge for these guys, man. Good for them. But yes, yeah, how, it's, time, it's time to trade. How much sure. money? Bradley, Bradley Beal's probably going to be close to four hundred and fifty million at the end of this deal. Yeah, well, it's like it's almost a quarter bill. So let's see. He's already at two hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. two fifty, right? And then he has two fifty left. So yeah, it's gonna be like four fifty. Yeah, he's gonna be like you know, half a billion after this deal. And he's got another one coming after this. Like he's not gonna like just leave the league. It's not it might not be this this high, but like he's not gonna leave the league. And like I like Bradley Beal. Like he's a very nice player, but he's Oh, I'm for it. Like good for Brad, just, I think. Like, yeah. 100%. But it's it, it is it is funny, like how like if you just say like I wanna be here, like these teams will do probably not the best for themselves to do it. Because you hear so often, I don't want to be here that they just are like, Oh my God, somebody who likes us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a sad spot. This was a yeah, depressing no, way to end this podcast. What the hell, man? I know. I didn't want like, what are we doing? We should have, out a we should have finished with the magic. Oh, here, here, here we go. Oh. Uh, your favorite for uh, your favorite MVP odd right now. Oh, I actually need we to did this that. on the last podcast. I don't really need to do mine. Uh, but what what is your favorite right now for MVP odds? Hang on, let me look. We just it. need to find a better way to close this episode because like no, I, I, I'm 100 with you. I need to to pop open the odds. I, I, I'll be honest, I have not looked a ton at this, so we're gonna do this on the off fly, the off the cuff. Which oh. I mean, like, let's be honest, that's how I do most of this anyway. <laughs> love it, absolutely like, love on. it. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, where would this even be? Futures? Points per game leader. Gross. Rebounds. 
what is this? Uh, the the BetMGM, all due respect to the sponsor, but this is a catastrophe. Uh, okay, here, I got you. I okay, got I, found, you. I, found, I found it, I found it, I found it. So we got Luca four to one. Like, I hate favorites. You know this about me. Um, yeah. You can talk me into Tatum 12 to one. That's not bad. Because if Boston is what Boston is, like could be, like if they are better than we think they are, if they hit that top 5% outcome, it's because, yeah. like you said, Tatum takes the leap. Uh, off the cuff, Tatum 12 to 1. And Tatum 12 to 1 and Joel 6 to 1. Yeah. Joel 6 to 1 is Joel, the one that I picked on Joel the last episode. Joel wants this so bad. Yeah. And like the and like Dallas could even if Luke is great, Dallas might not be great. And if so, let's say the Sixers are the one seed in the East and win fifty-seven games. Okay. Yep. And Joel's what Joel was last year, basically. Yep. What's Luca got to do on a forty-five win Mavs team to beat him? Triple double. Like probably triple third, double. It's got to right? be like thirty-point triple double. Yeah, got to be like thirty, ten, and nine at minimum. Which, which, she by the do, way, but yeah, thirty, ten, and ten. Like, is if he does that, he the, deserves that. Damn, it's like within the realm for Luca. Yeah, which is preposterous. Again, that's why I'm. Well, there's a reason I didn't lock up the Mavs under. Because if you look at the rest of that roster, you go under, and you look at Luca, and you go. He terrifies me. He (laughs) terrifies me. I want nothing to do with that under. But everything else, you go under. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, look, like, and, you know, nobody digs at this more than Matt Moore. And, like, he talks about it all the time. Like, voters would love to give it to Luca. Like, he is the next guy that the league would like to crown as the guy. And I think rightfully so. Like, he is the closest thing to LeBron that we have seen since LeBron came in the league. Like those comps are not ridiculous. LeBron himself would be like that. Some of that stuff looks like me. Um, So I think there's plenty going for him. It's just, it's literally like, does he show up and is he good for the first 20 games of the season? That's what cost him this past year, right? Like, I I think think you will. You're not going to catch me betting on the favorite because that's just against my entire ethos. Code. Yeah, uh, you know you got it. A man has to have a code, Robbie. You have to. Um, but I, I would not be like heavily investing in Embiid and Tatum. I just think those are the most likely non-Luca outcomes. Yeah, Embiid at six to one was the one that like jumped at me. I was like, yeah. I think here's the other thing too. Like you said that like voters would love to give it to Luca. I think that this year we're going to see voters would love to give it to Joel, especially after how last year went. Yes, yeah. I agree. As long as Joel stays healthy, they win 54 games or whatever. And he's as terrific as what we think he is. Here's the other thing, too. I think his like defensive ability actually went like underrated last year, weirdly. Like he was it awesome does. on defense last year. It often does. Um, yeah. So, but that, that's, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, okay. Our picks for the East. We have to kind of lock this down now. Okay. I said under for Nets. You were less sold. You just wanted to stay away. I'm scared uh, of KD. If you want to put it on the board, I'll ride with you. I don't know. Uh, Cavs over is on the board. That's on the board. Hornets under is on the board. Yeah. Slap in the bag for Franz. 
2023 is on the board. Go. Over 26 and a half for the Magic. Over 50 for the Sixers is on the board. I think that's good. That's four. That's a solid four. Gets us to eight again. I like that. I like it. So Cavs over, Hornets under, Magic and 76ers over. But that, see, this one's we're, we're, we're locking up overs. I feel more confident on teams I feel like, that are good. And then, but like, there's just enough, a lot of leans to the under. Yeah. Okay. Who are our, who are not, our West ones again? Our West ones are for the Nuggets over 50 and a half. Yeah. Rockets over 23 and a half. Clippers over 51 and a half. Mm-hmm. Spurs under 23 and a half. Yeah, baby. See, we got six overs locked up and two unders, but we had right. more unders overall. Optimists, you and me, we've always said this. That's it. Since the Scoop Jardine days, man. I love it. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. I'm happy with it. Robbie, before I let you go, have you watched anything good recently? Any movies when you haven't been watching football or basketball? Oh, uh, movies? I mean, I watch the Oceans movies a lot because uh, that's like my like happy place. So like I can always talk about those. <laughs> Um, I mean, Top Gun Maverick was. Arch. Oh, we haven't. Cinema. We haven't talked Top Gun we have Maverick. Not top, top, top Gun. Ma- I haven't seen much new, honestly, since yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Um, top Gun Maverick is great. Cinema. Tom Cruise yeah. is cinema. I, I can I tell you something. I have. I'm not sure there's a movie I've ever been more excited for than the new Mission Impossible. I am with you. So good. How good is Fallout? We've talked about oh, Fallout on this podcast Fallout, many times. Fallout is. Maybe my favorite action movie of all time. When I got super sick right after Laura and I got back from Bali um, with my non-COVID illness, uh, watched all the Mission Impossible movies again. It's a great great way to pass the time. I mean, Fallout is exquisite. I can't wait for what they're going to do next. All all of four through six are impeccable. Like Like, they're really, they're all really good, like standalone action movies, but like, fallout is just also just tying tying a bow on uh, that entire story yeah unbelievable it's unbelievable it's unbelievable but top gun maverick like please planes goes in. like yeah every every time Gunpow, we pass throw it. in the 104 all movie every time we pass it on amazon prime now i'm like i don't know it might be a top gun maverick night and we end up watching like the terminal we're watching the terminal list right now okay it is uh it is it is a show i will tell you that all right chris pratt is definitely in it (laughs) oh no oh it's oh i know i know i know what you're talking about yeah no that's not not for me um i'm a big i was i only murders in the building great show have i still haven't seen the second season is it good it's you know i was skeptical they'd be able to recapture it they did a great job got it back they, they, you know, they brought it back. Look, I mean, yeah. Martin Short, Steve Martin, they're crushing it. Lady Goma's great in it, too. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, yeah, no, a bunch of – excellent. Season two, very good. Highly recommend. I, That's, I will say another, another Hulu show uh, on a recommendation from good friend of the program, Matt Penny. Okay. No longer uh, on the microphone, but always in our hearts. Always. Uh, Penny told me to watch The Patient, which is the Steve Carell, Domhnall Gleeson yeah. show. Is it good? It's pretty good. All it's right. Good. All yeah. right. It's good to know. 20-minute yeah. episodes. Buzz Ooh, through. I like that. Yeah. I'm fired up for Abbott Elementary season two. 
Yeah, yeah. Laura and I think are going to rewatch it again. Oh, this yeah. Weekend. Got to. Got to. It's too good. Got to. Uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies. Uh, a little more on the TV side, but yeah. Taco yeah. Maverick f- fired up. Top Gun and Maverick. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise saves, saves the cinema once again next so, year. And, and John Wick 4 coming out. <sighs> Yeah, too much. We're gonna come be on. good. We're gonna be golden. There's gonna be too many things for you to come I on do, podcast. I do need to see. That. I do need to see Bullet Train. I, I missed that one. I wanted. To see I have it. seen Bullet Train. Is it is it enjoyable? Like is it just like a fun little action romp? Like is it enjoyable? Yeah. 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 Okay, that kind of confirms my like didn't care to like fight my way to the theater to see it. I would just well, I'd wait for it. Yeah, when, when, it'll hit, it'll hit something. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. It'll hit That's Amazon Prime. It'll be like six bucks. Yeah, Watch yeah, it that perfect. perfect. Yeah. That's all I need. All right, Robbie, tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people what's going on. Uh, you can read me over on Uprox, uh, DimeMag.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Arcaland. I tweet about all kinds of stupid stuff. You probably shouldn't follow me, but that's okay. Uh, sometimes it's fun. And uh, yeah, man, that's what we're doing. Uh, if you like Gambling and college football, the punt cast is the podcast I host with Tom Fernelli and Chip Patterson of CBS Sports. Um, other than that, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I got going on, man. Yeah, the, the only thing that like really matters is the punt cast. Everybody loves yeah, it. And by everybody, that. I mean the like 600 idiots that listen to it. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Gotta, gotta love it. Okay, uh, this has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can. To support the show, we will be back later this week. Adam Spinella will be back. I know that we kind of moved some things around. Adam's traveling. We've got some stuff going on. So uh, this will be the uh, probably the Monday episode of the podcast, maybe the Tuesday episode. We might have kind of adjusted some things. But until next time, we will talk soon. Bye. 